Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. In a world where jobs are how most people make money, one man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manassero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manassero, and this is the show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in Old Dogs, spelled D-A-W-G-S, find our podcast, and subscribe. Well, we have an alumni guest today. This is very exciting. Uh, she is somebody you'll remember from like first time, I think it was 2019. And uh, she was in a show entitled Engineer Quits Job Only Two Years with Apartment Investing. And then later on, she came back and uh, in 2020, April of 2020, uh, on an episode entitled Before You Quit Your Day Job. Both of them are great, and there are going to be some links here so you guys can go back and listen. But uh, I'm talking about Pam Scamardo, and she is uh, a respected leader in the multifamily investing space. She's dedicated to helping the industry evolve. She is an author now. We've got a new book, which is what I'm really stoked about here and uh, why I'm, I'm real excited to have her on the show. It's called Create Wealth. How to Ditch the 9-to-5 Job. Through her multifamily investment, she quickly gained a new title, Job Optional. For Pam, this meant that her investments were sustaining her financial needs and she no longer had to work. But rather, she could choose to work if she wanted to, and that's what she did. This pivotal shift led Pam to launch her first company, T. 
PK Properties, which helps syndicate apartment building investments. Well, Pam, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Thanks so much, Bill. What a lovely introduction there. Uh, Hi, guys, for all you listening. Um, It's great to be back. Hopefully, some of you guys have listened to the other episodes that Bill has put on because he is one of the best podcasters out there, in my humble opinion. Oh, get out. (laughs) It's true. It's true. You are always providing valuable resources. And gosh, it's you and uh, Peter Harris, right? I mean, I can't believe Love Peter. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I am just first real excited to kind of hear, um, you know, just, you know, you can kind of share maybe a little of your background, even though we, we, you know, had you on a couple of times before, but uh, more, you know, kind of catching up. Uh, Guy, it was 2020 last, you know, more than two years ago you've been on. So uh, I hear amazing things about what you're doing. So, yeah, why don't you just bring us up to date? Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm a former aerospace and mechanical engineer. Um, got tired of sitting in my cubicle, <laughs> saw the writing on the wall, and uh, kept getting um, assigned with super fun tasks, which I really enjoyed. But uh, along with that came longer days, longer hours, um, but basically was chained to working for that W-2 job. So I didn't want that anymore found financial independence through multifamily investing and worked really hard to get there. Um, And so that took about two years with um, three properties, about six investors that it took. And so fast forward, let me knock on wood really quick here. Haven't had issues yet, but we've just been growing ever since then. And Bill, I mean, when I first met you, I was in a different stage of my career. And now coming back has been full circle where I'm just really focused on giving back um, in the way that I can. That really fills my soul cup, if you will. Um, I'm, I'm still exploring this new transition of what Pam wants to provide to the world, but also continuing to acquire and teach. And like you said, the book as well. I never thought I'd be a writer, Bill. You know that. As an engineer, we write with numbers. I don't even know how to call. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. On top of everything else you've done and are doing, the the fact of you know, being able to actually put out a book is is amazing. And uh, um, you know, what what did you have to do? I mean, did you have to kind of like carve out a certain amount of time each day to do that? Or uh, and now you're an engineer, so you probably put it on a spreadsheet or something and uh, <laughs> <laughs> said you know one chapter a week or whatever. <laughs> Oh, you're funny, Bill. You're right. Um, but <laughs> this, this time I kind of took a leap of faith. So the story, the background story is basically I had COVID in, um, gosh, that was what, 2021. Had COVID during the holidays, which was already sad enough. So I unfortunately was quarantining alone um, for Christmas and New Year's. And I remember oh, I had um, binge watched every show, cleaned the house twice, um, caught up in all like, you know, our, our, what is it? Paperwork throughout the year, bills and all that. I mean, I was by myself for 14 days. So enough to kind of go bonkers, so to speak, because I couldn't go out. And then I, you know, ordered every kind of food that I really wanted to try. And I thought, you know what, what else can I do to be more productive? And this is where crazy Pam came into play, but I'm thankful for that. Um, it was just an intuitive thought of like, you know what, let's just start Uh, consolidating all my thoughts onto Word, Microsoft Word, and also bring in all of my blogs and articles that I've written 
And as I started doing that, Bill, it just took me four hours. I, I never flowed like that in my entire existence. So this is not the norm. <laughs> so I wrote my whole book in four hours and rang in the new year. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. You wrote the whole book in four hours? Come on. I, I did. <laughs> I did. I just kept going and going. And by the time I finished... Um, I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a book. I have over a hundred pages of, of stuff. And so that's what happened. And then, so then Bill, that's when I started the spreadsheet of like, okay, now what am I going to do for 2022? How am I going to turn it into a book? How am I going to get a publisher? Cause this is not, you know, this is not my normal MO at all. So it's fun, exciting, new, scary. And, um, you know, I found the silver lining, the commonality bill is, you know how when we first started looking for properties, we probably searched far and wide, looked at so many listings, fallen out of escrow so many times, you know, going through all that. It was kind of the same, similar path with trying to find a publisher. Um, I pitched myself to over like, I want to say over 150 literary agents, publishing houses. And I said, hey, got a unique idea from a female perspective because, uh, you know, it's a male dominated industry. Just want to throw it out there. Um, got all no's. And then one of them said, hey, you know, since you're just starting off with no track record, try self-publishing on Amazon first and then let's talk. And I thought, brilliant. I'm going to run it. Run with it. So that's what I did. So um, phone my good friend who's an editor. Um, two of them, actually. One's an editor and the other one writes for Netflix. So I thought, hey, guys, let's have a little powwow. What can Pam do? And they helped me with the process. And so it's been a wonderful experience. So I published the book this year, but self-published and it's fun. And now, and the fun thing is, Bill, I now have two agents courting me to try to take it to, you know, a publishing house. And I want to take it like internationally as well, because I'm Thai. Um, And you know, my background with that, like I have family in Thailand. I thought, wouldn't it be cool, you know, in my motherland to just get it translated into Thai. Wow. That'd be awesome. So that's next. But it, it's been a wild and fun ride. So yes, Bill, it only took four hours, which I don't think will be the case for the second book. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't wish to get COVID again. That was horrible. Um, yeah, here we are. God, that's amazing. Well, uh, can we dig into the book? Can you kind of tell us what uh, what to expect? Uh, I know I don't want to spoil it for people, and I certainly would love you know people to be able to read it themselves. But uh, yeah, just kind of you know give us some teasers here about about what what's in the book that you think it might be uh, might be great. Absolutely. Well, I think um, the best thing ever, Bill, which you'll appreciate this, is that Peter Harris wrote the forward for my book, and I. I mean, to this day, I still tear up thinking about it full circle as my mentor, as a friend, as a colleague. uh, He saw something in me that I didn't see back then. And look at where we are now. It's full circle. So he wrote the forward, guys. So um, Peter is is big, big, big out there for those of you listening. Uh, So it's been an honor and a privilege to be connected to him and so that's this is why this book is so special for me um but in the book here i flipped to the table of content um i basically highlighted kind of like the 12 steps i kind of took um to really uh explore and find my own path chart my own 
I guess, way forward because there's no one right way to do something. And so I talk about assessing where you are emotionally, financially, physically as well. Like, for example, I had a client who was going through a divorce but really wanting to buy properties. And I said, hey, you know what? A divorce is going to be emotionally taxing. You're not linking it to, to buying properties right now, but I promise you it's going to get really hard. And if you're in the state of California, it's, commu- it's a community state property or community property state. So it could become a little pickly. And I also talk about, you know, how to network, what groups I started networking with. And then one of the most important chapters was, uh, you know, should you get a mentor or a coach? And Bill, you already know my answer to this. Absolutely. We have coaches for what our mental health. They're called therapists. We have doctors who are our coaches as well, right? Because they help us stay on track so we can be physically healthy. I mean, if you look all around, we have mentors and coaches. So why not with multifamily investing. At least that's how I see it as. And we should also not expect free handouts in that sense. And then I talk about how to invest, like how Pam invests. And so each chapter will start off with like an antidote, kind of like how I went about it. And then I'll talk the technical bit and then I'll end it with Pam's tips. So basically I was trying to cater to the audience who didn't really want to read. So at the end of each chapter, guys, there's like three tips if you want to skip through all the words. And then for those who love stories, that's at the, the beginning of each chapter of Pam's stumbling, uh, funny stories, if you will. And and honestly, this is the most vulnerable um, position I've ever put myself in because I decided to end my book with a list of goals that I want to achieve that's personal to me. But I thought that if I could motivate just one person and inspire just one person to go out and go do this and go slay and go be a good person in society and provide quality housing while also making their investors happy and themselves happy, I, I think I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Like, I, I'm okay. Like, it, it just, I don't know. I'm just so happy, Bill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so great. That's so great. Now you you know your story right? You started with a with the fourplex, right? Wasn't that your first? Uh, no, no. What close, was... close though. It was a uh, six units. Six, and I, I six think, units. Okay. Yeah, we we talked about that in one of our older episodes where you asked me why did I not choose a fourplex, um, and I'll tell you guys why. It's because if you really want to get far and if you really want to kind of accelerate your growth this is what i've found to be true is you need to operate on the commercial real estate front not the residential side and so for the commercial real estate side you need to buy 5 units and above um but i do remember talking to you about one of my first fail- failures bill and that was that 4 unit cuz my eyes got greedy and i thought oh why don't i buy a 4 unit for the heck of it but it wasn't my first property it was a huge lesson learned for pam that i will never do again <laughs> and, and tell me the advantages of a commercial property versus a, a, a residential property. Absolutely. So on the residential side, eventually you're going to tap out of your capital. Also, you're going to tap out of your uh, credit score because that's what banks heavily base the property's performance on. And But when you're on the commercial side and you have a track record that you slowly built, the lending terms are more favorable down the line and they look more at the pro- property's performance. Um rather than just, oh, is it Pam who's owning it? And what's her credit score? It's not, it's all weighed together, but the terms are a little different. 
Um, what I, also I notice is um, there's that whole non-recourse loan situation. And for those of you who, who might be new to this, that is like the ultimate. You don't want a recourse loan where you're like guaranteeing for this property. Like nowadays, I want to say 80% of my properties are non-recourse loans, like are on non-recourse loans. Meaning if you operate properly and you're not negligent about it, they won't come after you personally. And I think that's the whole goal. That is why commercial real estate investing is so fun for me. And it's also less emotional. Um, the numbers just have to work. If they work, they work. And if they don't, we shake hands and we move on. So those are some of the advantages. And you're able to just scale up faster. And I think a lot of us, we can't buy time, right? Every minute, every hour, we get older. We can't turn back that time. And so time is a precious commodity for us. And I think that was also why I thought, okay, we must go into the commercial real estate arena. If I really want to grow the business for my family, for my friends, you name it, Bill, that's, that's one of the biggest perks. That's great. And, and, uh, you know, getting your first commercial loan though, without having any prior experience, was that difficult, uh, in, in terms oh of my. the lending? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think you have experience with that too. I sure have. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I think we all go through it. Um, and unfortunately for me, Bill, being a, being a female as well kind of made it a little more difficult, too. Um, I do recall, uh, you know, a lot of lenders turning me down. And then some of them were shocked that I was an even an engineer. And some were shocked that, you know, as a female, what am I doing out here? One of them literally, no joke, asked, like, shouldn't you, you know, be home or shouldn't you be doing something else instead of trying to uh, do an inspection on this property or try to, you know, uh, I, we had a gutted unit, I guess. That was my first property. It was six units. And I, I came up with a game plan, got bids, you know, did the whole thing, was working with a GC, which is short for general contractors, guys out there who are listening. And um, I just remember one of the lenders was like, well, what are you really doing here? This is almost like a guy's job. And I said, well, yeah, it could be, but that doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so obviously he didn't, you know, he and I didn't work out in regards to getting a loan, but gosh, Bill, it was really tough to try to prove myself. So you have to go through the whole rigmarole of just, here's my resume. Here's what I've been doing. Get interviewed, um, begging and pleading, right. For just that chance for just that opportunity. Uh, and I tell you what it, in hindsight, it really helps you to become stronger, to learn to just face rejection, and you're going to be okay in the long run. Because now what I think is that it just wasn't meant to be. And so the first person who took a leap of faith with me was John Lloyd at the San Diego loan company down in San Diego. He's still there to this day. And I remember uh, he came on site to see the gutted unit to meet me. I really think he wanted to meet me because we had been on the phone for a while. And he took a leap of faith with me and we shook hands on the spot. Woman to man, man to woman, shook hands. <laughs> God, that's and, good. And that was the best thing ever. Um, but I have to say, you know, I, I get it. it. There's a lot of skepticism out there, guys. I just think you have to be positive yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anyone to believe in you? So True. So true. That is the biggest lesson learned for me because I remember that at some point I was so um, scared I mean, you, we all go through it. And guys out there, even if you buy bigger properties, it doesn't always get easier. You just have to deal with fear working alongside with you. You just get better at handling the fear. That's really what it is. Fear doesn't disappear. But what I realized was that I went through this phase of like, I was so scared. I was meek. I was shy. 
And then by the time I got rejected so many times from all the different lenders, I thought, wait a minute. I'm just as human as the next person that they're going to give money to. As a matter of fact, I have a game plan with, you know, my engineering nerdy spreadsheets. I've already done a lot of the extra work that some others have not done as a potential landlord. I thought, well, it's about time I start believing in my own skill sets. And that's when things kind of slowly start turning around. Um, And guys, I'm not saying be cocky out there, (laughs) but just really own it. Own your skill set and be honest. I think that was also key. I was always honest with every lender that I approached. I said, look, I'm new, but I know I'm going to go far. This is how I work. I'm very tenacious, persistent. You name it. What do you need me to do? I'm going to do it, and I'll prove it to you. That's great. That's great. How long did you have that property before you purchased your your next one? I had it for less than a year, Bill, Um, and I I got excited, and then that's when I bought my four-unit failure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was in Arizona, actually, because back then, Bill, um, the price was like $79,000 for a fourplex. Oh, my gosh. $79,000? Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't get a garage in California for that. (laughs) Exactly. So, of course, I couldn't say no, but that was a lesson learned of don't be greedy with the eyes. And then I bought, uh, let's see, so I started with six then did four, then did 10, then 16, 24, and just kept going on. And for me, this is Pam's little secret sauce, which is really not a secret, guys, but I just challenged myself to buy one unit more than the previous unit. That's really all it was. If I could every year buy another unit that that was an extra, like, so if I started with six units, my goal was like, okay, let me look for a seven-unit apartment. Well, Bill, I don't think they build seven unit apartments. <laughs> <laughs> True. The next one was like eight units, you know, and then you just kind of go up from there. So I made it fairly easy enough for myself, but also practice having compassion if I fell out of escrow. I think that was another key thing that I realized nothing's perfect in life. And you have to be open to all those business challenges and just go in with a kind heart. That's always been kind of my business philosophy that you can be kind and you can still have compassion and you can still kick butt and be successful. You don't have to go out there and kill in a sense of just like, you know, this is the last transaction ever and I'm going to milk every penny from the opposite, you know, the opposite team. It shouldn't have to be that way because you want to create long lasting relationships. That's, that's very smart. I mean, it, it is really a relationship business, isn't it, Pam? It is. And I didn't realize that in the beginning, Bill, when I first, you know, met Peter and and talked with you. And then I realized after having kids, I still remember like during our podcast, I was heavily pregnant uh, with one of my children who was like kicking the whole time while you and I were talking. (laughs) I was like trying to hold together. (laughs) Um, But it's those moments, those those moments that like I'll never forget. You know, that here, you know, here I was hanging out with you, trying to talk about properties and my life while my little one in my stomach was just doing his acrobats. <laughs> and that just reminds you how precious life is. And I think that's kind of a wonderful universal reminder that we're all human. And and I think we just need to try our best. And even if we stumble, we whatever, uh, it's OK to take a couple steps back and try again. Uh, and I and I forget if I shared this with you, Bill, but during 2020 when we connected, it might have been maybe before this happened, but uh, my tenants from the 24-unit property 
uh, wrote us a thank you card, which that's not normal, you know, for landlords, right? Oh, you to bet. Anything, and they wrote a very heartfelt thank you card for our team, and I owe it all to my property managers who were boots to the ground doing it. I may have been behind the scenes directing, but it's a team effort that a lot of people forget. It's a team sport, so I owe it all to my my front runners, which were, were my property managers. And what they did was, initially, they asked us if we could just not take our cash flow for a couple months because we didn't know what 2020 was going to bring or do. And I said, sure, why not? Like, why don't you buy PPEs for them, buy iPads for their children who can't connect to school or their homework? Um, just do what you need to do. And then at the like maybe at the end of the summer, if COVID is still around or we're still shut down, let's just throw a socially distanced barbecue for the community just so we can have a sense of a community and be there for one another and just check in. That's all I asked was just please check in, do a wellness check, see how we can help them with resources and if it's not too much out of the way financially, let's do it. That's mm -hmm. that's really all I went with. And and it was just, Bill, I have to say, I, when I received that card, again, I guess maybe now that I'm a mom, I'm like super emotional. But it was just, I was sitting there with it. And I'm like, gosh, it's that. That's why I do what I do. Uh -huh. And that's why I help the people I, I help. And I'm very choosy with people. You already know that, too. I can't. I can't always help everyone with my limited 24 hours a day with my two young monkeys. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's why we do what we do, right, Bill? Like, That's like fair. you're here with your podcast providing valuable information for the love of what you do and to help others. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Um, we've, we've got sharks and dolphins out there. To me, I pick the side of being on the dolphins. We've got plenty of sharks. As a matter of fact, I had that conversation this morning with a good friend of just like, you know, there's always going to be takers out there. You don't have to be that type of person. You can still be successful without having to, in a sense, try to go one-up someone. Right. So that's kind of my message to everyone. Find your own way. You will be more than successful, more than content with life and happy. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. What a great story. What a great story. I, I think you know, that's... That's, you know, this is part of the frustration sometimes, I'm sure, you know, with the, with a lot of us is, is that, uh, you do encounter those people where it's, um, you know, it's all about money. It's not about family or community or, you know, the people living in the house that we call tenants, you know, I mean, they're people, they're individuals, they're, they're people that have needs just like we do. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to take that, that kind of a step and just, um, just love on your, your tenants. I mean, most people would say, what, you know, I got to keep distance from them, you know, or they're going to take advantage of me. You know, it's, it's, it's like all these fear elements and other things going on, but it's, you know, it really is, uh, that's that, I mean, if we're really honest about it, you know, I mean, are we building communities or are we just, you know, building our pocketbooks? And, and I think that that's, you know, that, to me, the community is, is essential. That's, you know, that's what we, yeah, that's what we as people, we want, you know, we want a good, safe community. We're going to, we're living in and a place where, you know, where we can help, help people do, you know, the, and, you know, the, the kinds of things they have to do as a family, as individuals and so forth. So that's a, it's just a really, right. really good story. Oh, thank you. And I think you, you touched on it right there, Bill, that it's all about creating, I mean, and I get it. There's the pocketbooks that we need to kind of be mindful about. So I'm not saying 
you know, give, give and never really focus on your own business aspect. You, I, I think my, you know, I just want to say out there, guys, like, like how Bill does it. It's just, you can be smart, but you can still be kind too. You don't, you don't have to take advantage of tenants. And I'll be honest, like there are tenants who do take advantage of that, but they're, you know, they're just the bad apples and that's okay. You just have a strategy that hopefully you'll find them the right fit in a different community. At least that's how I have approached it. Now, Bill, if you asked me earlier in my days, I would have been that angry person of like, oh my gosh, why are they trying to take advantage of us? And it's nowadays, it's just like, it's par for the course, everyone. If you're going to jump into this, you might get sued. You might deal with evictions. You might deal with bad apples. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, they're human beings as well. And I've realized that hurt people hurt others. And so sometimes maybe they're struggling with something. And, you know, to each their own. For me, I have a soft heart for veterans. So thank you all out there who are listening and, you know, and you've served for our country. Thank you for what you did or are doing. Um, And then I also have a soft heart for domestically abused um, women who, unfortunately, you know, they, for example, they never got a credit card, don't have a credit history. How can they rent anywhere? And so I work with local agencies wherever I buy. And then I, I just try to help incorporate that piece of humanity into the properties and i think it's more than paid off in just happiness because my property managers their lives are easier in a sense that we always have had a wait list even way before the pandemic and so um and in comparison bill like one of my colleagues who heavily invests in um was it arkansas i forget somewhere out there he owned like over a thousand units but in 2020 he lost over 65 percent of them meaning they didn't pay and it was a huge lesson learned of just treating tenants properly, you know? And so I think that's the key. Um, Whereas when everyone was really worried about the vacancies, the losing of uh, rent money, uh, knock on wood here, we were sustaining at 98% occupancy the whole time, did not change. And we're, you know, we're, we're happy. Our investors are happy. And, I want to keep growing, but gosh, that's another subject, right? The the market is totally bonkers everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah. Tell me about it. Wow. Well, um, speaking of which, too, I was kind of curious. You know, any sort of the recent uh, uh, acquisitions that you might might have as well. Um, uh, anything to, to speak of? Yeah. There? Yeah. So, um, right before the interest rates got hiked up, I I technically did not acquire, but I took four communities refi cashed out paid out all of the investors in those properties and then some so turned all of them into infinite returns which is amazing now if you guys don't know what that means basically is you no longer have your own capital sitting in it you might actually still have a mortgage but the mortgage is paid by your rental income but none of your money like your initial money that you've invested is sitting in there anymore so that was a a blessing for all of us um, right before the interest rates hiked up. Will I do that again? Four in one, like four refinances? No, thank you. I grew so many gray hairs. But <laughs> hey, you you live, you learn. Because, um, Bill, I'm sure you, you uh, experienced this too. Every property has its own set of people, has its own set of stories, needs, and wants. So that was a, that was really wild. I'm, and it took about a year to close. So I started it in 2020 and it started running in the beginning of 2021. And then we closed in the beginning of this year because wow. of, because it was four 
large properties and you know how it is when they're doing the refinance they go through every rigmarole and then some banks are like no thanks it's not the right fit things are changing we don't know with the pandemic so that's what made it hard but i guess the message to everyone out there is just have tenacity right be persistent you'll find the right fit you'll find the right program whatever it may be and i'm, I'm thankful for that because we were able to close those four deals and and make my investors really really happy that's great and, and what uh you know, what size apartments are you dealing with now and, and what uh, markets? Yeah, so um, I would like to syndicate 100 units. So that's that's kind of the next goal for me. Um, basically trying to stay under the institutional um, arena because they're heavily invested in, what, three to 500 units and above. So 100 units is kind of fun to play with where I'm still personally in touch before I become off-touch. You know what I mean? Like when you get bigger, you're, you're not able to do a lot of hands-on stuff and you have to delegate almost everything. But I still miss my walks, my connections with people. Um, the tenants don't know me, but, you know, the property managers do. And they fill me in on all the stories <laughs> as much <laughs> as they can, right? And then, I mean, there's only – you reach a certain point where it's just like you don't know everyone. But that's okay. I, I like the space that I'm in. So I want to syndicate another 100 units. And I've always been mostly on the West Coast, but to be honest, guys, I'm looking all over. Uh, if you guys haven't watched the show called Selling Tampa on Netflix, I've been heavily involved with Sherelle's team um, to try to look into Tampa or somewhere in Florida. So that's been kind of the latest and greatest, even though the market's not too conducive, but I'm not giving up. It's just fun to work with a very solid team of women um, really killing it in that space. And side note, I did not know that she was um, engaged or married to Chad Ochocinco. Don't know anything about sports, but that, that was a fun story of meeting him, shaking his hands, and didn't realize who he was, which I'm sure he appreciated it because mm -hmm. treated him like a regular, normal person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also I think uh, Jacksonville is also kicking it over there too. There's, I, I've, I've heard of a lot, of, actually a lot of female investors that are heavily in, involved in Jacksonville. Yes, yes, you're right. There's that too. And, you know, also like for some reason, Michigan's cropped up, at least for me and my team. Let's see where else. Idaho's a little saturated right now, in my opinion, unless you're like far, far out. But I'm more familiar with the West Coast. I have in-laws in Texas, so always had the pulse out there and a lot of investors are there. And so it depends which area people are trying to invest in. If you're like small time starter, it might be hard, but that's okay. Don't give up. It just depends. Are you in the 20 unit range, 50 unit, 100 units? So that's that's what will make it easier or harder because as you said, Bill, this is a relationship business. And the the longer you're in the business, the bigger the properties get, you kind of run into the same set of people. So as big as it sounds, word travels. Your reputation travels as well. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, man, this is this is really exciting. Uh, the things that are going on in your life, your family's growing. You've got, um, gosh, you've got like so many organizations you're involved with too. Um, uh, you know, I mentioned Crew. Um, what can you explain to people what Crew is? Sure. CREW stands for Commercial Real Estate Women with the mission of advancing women globally in the commercial real estate arena. So it's not just only multifamily investors. Um, we've got women in like escrow, uh, lending, you name it, appraisal. So uh, it's just more of 
kind of women uplifting one another up. To be truthfully honest, in my own opinion here, is that one day I hope we don't have an organization like this and that the playground is even enough where we all can just play together nicely and we're, we're all there. And I would love to see more women in the decision-making room. Right. So much more exciting. Like, Bill, you're one of the main, like, male allies for, for this group. And so it's people like you. So I'm one of the global directors. Uh, I, I am like a liaison to the Pacific Northwest chapters. We have over 12,000 members globally. Wow. wow. Yeah. The latest chapter that uh, joined or was inaugurated is in Hawaii. And that's actually why I'm here. <laughs> and also trying to do this podcast with you, which has been exciting, right, Bill, with our, uh, <laughs> our difference and our techn technological, um, you know, just instances here. But I came here to help uh, kind of like launch the 78th chapter uh, with Crew Hawaii. And it's just been so Wonderful, uplifting. I, I mean, and plus, who wouldn't want to go to paradise, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were on vacation. <laughs> it, it's a bit of both. I started off with, um, you know, with volunteer work, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to hang out with my friends, and I'm just going to take a couple days to decompress and then head back to reality um, at the end of today. So it's it's been nice. I've been really happy here. It's been nice to get in touch with, with who Pam is again as an individual, as an adult. I think we all need that sometimes, right? Sure. Um, just to kind of reset. And so been really involved with this. And I, I've met so many people professionally, and also they've become lifelong friends. That's truly what it is about Crew Network for me and why I've joined. And to be honest, Bill, it was Peter Harris who introduced me to it. He's like, Pam, you need some girlfriends in this um, multifamily investing space. Go join Crew. And I thought, oh, okay, sure. And I've been involved since then. And then another uh, volunteer space for me, Bill, which is the latest and greatest, is I'm the director for the Center of Real Estate for Cal State Fullerton. We are, like, one of the largest, like, um, business programs there. And it's surprising that there's no real estate concentration or major. And so that's part of my mission and my um, my team and, and the board of directors is to really get a real estate concentration going to help connect students with um, Orange County or other county um, companies, real estate companies, so they can learn about real estate, real residential and commercial real estate. And it's been so fun just mentoring these go-getters. I mean, I started thinking about myself when I was in college and I was not this involved. So I'm so proud of them. They're out there networking. They, they are just eager to learn and they just want to meet as many people as possible. And so that's kind of what keeps me going. I, I do this pro bono and help the dean of the College of Business and Econ, and it's it's been amazing. It's been so fun. God, this, that's great. Well, it's it's so neat to see somebody who, uh, you know, is successful but is also giving back in such a great way and, and in so many different ways, too. Uh, it's It's just awesome. Uh, Pam, it is. It has been so great having you on again. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Excited for your book, and I'm going to recommend uh, highly to you know our listeners here that uh, they got to check it out and uh, and uh, you know not only hear some of these uh, great stories that uh, that uh, you know you've got in there, but um, just uh, the things they're going to learn and pick up along the way. Oh, thank you, Bill. And I really do hope that, you know, your listeners here just feel inspired to keep continuing to listen to you. 
and also, you know, make that step forward of just whether it's an email, a phone call, or reaching out to my team, whatever we can do to help, we're here. And, you know, I just think at this point in our lives, we've got so much yucky stuff going on in our world. So let's just try to be kind to one another, right? You got it. You got it. So, Pam, I just uh, really thank you for coming on. It's awesome to have you back. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, it's pamscamardo.com. Hopefully I get to meet you and you can share your stories with me. I'm rooting for you guys. Um, even if we're not connected in person, just I'm here as a positive force. Awesome. Well, that's very nice of you to extend that uh, offer to people. I also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there, too, just for joining us. I, I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Now, please note, old dog listeners, everything presented here today that uh, Pam talked about can be accessed in our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website, and we'll have links to how you can get in touch with her as well. And uh, and that's at uh, olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode with uh, Pam Scamardo. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.